Good afternoon. I am Pastor Antonio Eubanks of Heath Ministries, where we believe in using the Word of God to heal, empower, and teach so that you may be properly equipped to help establish the kingdom of God and its principles in your families, communities, and world. If you're in the Metro Atlanta area, we invite you to attend our Sunday service for a life-impacting experience. Please visit our website at heatministries.org for more information. We would love to hear from you. But for now, we pray that you enjoy this message. God bless. Matthew 8 and 18. <clears throat> Matthew 8 and 18. And it says now, and I'm reading out of um, New American Standard. And it says now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to depart to the other side of the sea. Then the scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And verse 21, it says, Another of the disciples said to him, and it's not talking about his 12 disciples, it's talking about the people who just wanted to follow, just wanted to, you know, tag along with Jesus. Amen? That that's important that I'm saying that because some folks, they think they want to follow, but there's other things that's going on in their head and their mind, their life. Amen. Amen. Says another disciple said to him, Lord, permit me first to go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, follow me and allow the dead to bury their own dead. Amen. Amen. Allow the dead to bury their own dead. Now this is a passage that's, that's taught different ways and, and, and there's many applications to it, but the one I'm going to talk about there is a little different. And the reason being is because it's funny with this description that, that Christ says this to this man. He's saying, let me bury my father first and then I'll follow you. And Christ seemingly answers him in a very harsh way, you know, the compassionate Christ that we know, and he comes back and says, no, you let the dead bury the dead. Don't don't worry about it. Follow me. You, you let the dead bury the dead. Let, 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 let them do that. And you, they take care of that. And that would seem at first glance that, like, well, why would Christ say something so harsh? Why would he say something so, so, like, hard to a person who just really wants to handle their business? Amen? But how many know that God Christ and, and, and he doesn't he doesn't speak to the outside appearances. All right. He, he speaks when he answers and when he talks, he speaks directly to the heart. Yes. To the heart of the issue. So a lot of times when we read the scripture and we see certain things, we have to understand that that, that when Christ is speaking that particular thing, that he's speaking to a heart issue at all times. He's not speaking of what man see because man will see, well, why don't you give him time to do that? Why don't you let him do that? But Christ says, no, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. Amen. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but here a lot of times in theologians, they, they talk about, there's even some that say, well, 
You know, he was he just wanted time to bury his father. The other one says that well, his father really wasn't even dead, and he was just trying to procrastinate. And Christ was speaking to that spirit of procrastination, saying, "No, you don't have time to go back and sit around. You got to do this now." But what I want to talk about today is not necessarily from the standpoint of of dead and the fact of your body or somebody's body being dead, but the dead things in our life. The dead things in our lives. I'm talking about the dead relationships, you know, the, the, the dead careers, you know, the dead marriages, the dead finances, the dead thoughts and emotions that run through our own heads. And I'm coming to speak today to say, let the dead bury the dead. See, but the thing about death is, no matter what kind of death it is, death is a finality. Death is a end. Death is a death is a termination of life. And with a lot of people, everybody handles that difference. Mm -hmm. Everybody handles that different. So again, I'm not talking about physical death today. I'm talking about the death of things in your life, the things that have died in your life. And see, a lot of times people again handle it differently. Some people can just move on. The, the, the relationship dies and they move on. The, the, the job is dead end, they move on. They, they money is dead, so they, they figure out new ways to create life and they'll find it that their thoughts are dead and they move on. But then you have other people who for some reason want to stick around the dead. They want to be there with the things that are dead. They want to stay connected to the dead. But how many know that as kingdom kids, as kingdom workers, as kingdom planters in this earth, we don't have time to hold on to dead stuff. We don't have time to maintain dead possessions. We don't have time to try to resuscitate, to take the game down just a little bit. We don't have time to try to resuscitate dead situations. See, a lot of times we try to blow breath and air and life into things that are dead and we end up killing ourselves. But God saying today, don't let your pain or things that have died in your life get ahead of your purpose. See, a lot of times those things die in your life to cause you pain. They die in your life to get you discouraged. They die in your life to get you depressed. But God says, don't allow that pain to get ahead of your purpose. Yes, you can use the pain to propel you to your purpose, but don't allow that pain to get ahead and, and, and stand in front of your purpose, to block your purpose, to hinder you from your purpose. You let the dead bury the dead. See, here's the thing what Christ was trying to get through to the man. And again, that, that the, the one interpretation to the word, you know, from uh, how to study the Bible, people, you know, there's only one interpretation. He said what he said, you know, is to let the dead bury the dead, follow me. But but the many applications to the thing, and, and the thing is, again, is what is dead in your life that you're still trying to go back to? Because that's what this, this 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 disciple was doing. He was saying, I want to go back and bury my father. It doesn't matter if he was dead already or if he was dying. The thing is, he wanted to go back to some dead things. And Christ says, no, follow me, follow me, follow me, follow me. See, because the first thing we got to realize is, if it's dead in your life, or if it's dying in your life, God allowed it. Or God is allowing it to die. 
Why am I saying that? Because think about God who we're getting ready to, 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 to praise and celebrate in a couple of weeks for Resurrection Sunday. If he wanted it to resurrect in your life, then guess what? He would speak life into that thing and that thing would come back again. If he wanted that job not to be dead in, he would allow that job to have promotions and allow that job to have peace and allow that job to have things that, that benefit you more than just financially. But because he doesn't want you connected to that dead thing, he says it must stay dead. But see, a lot of times in church, we, we, we try to revive dead things. We call them revivals. And I always used to say, why are we trying to revive all the time? Some things need to stay dead. We spend all this time, and, and you know, most revivals last a whole week, and you're suddenly trying to, no, get me wrong, I'm not against revival. I understand the purpose. But a lot of times, again, we're trying to revive dead things. God trying to shift over here, and we always trying to revive here. And God is saying, don't you realize if I wanted it to be alive, I am life. I give life. If I wanted that relationship to be alive in your life, I would give it life. It's a reason that it's dying. It's a reason that it's dead. But you don't understand because you keep trying to resuscitate something that's already dead. Because God doesn't want us connected to those things anymore. And more importantly, he doesn't want us attached to those things. See, it is, I like to, I know this, the, the, the grammatically, attachments and connections are really synonymous words. They, they kind of mean the same thing. But, but I like to see connections as being something like, like life-giving. You know, if I'm connected to you, we give life to each other. It's a symbiotic relationship. You know, it's a reciprocating relationship. I give, you take, you take, I give. You know, it's, it's back and forth. You know, you give, I take. It's back and forth. It's a connection. And and I like to see connections as being, you know, that if we're not connected, then, then we're not living the life that we fully supposed to be living, if you understand what I'm saying. Whereas I see attachments usually are like dead things. They're, they're, they're dead things. I remember being being young, going used to go to the country with my with my granddad and grandma down in Monticello, Georgia, way you know in the country. You know where you still see outhouses and and, and you you draw your water out the well, you know that that kind of thing. And you know being a little boy, you know we, it was a bunch of woods, so you know little boy, what we gonna do? We gonna run in the woods. But you run through the woods and you always, I always had to remember that if I went in shorts, I always had to have me a pair of pants to put on if I was going in the woods. Why? Because the sticker brown bushes, when you run it through, they would attach themselves to you. See, remember I said it's different between, to me, connections and attachment. See, when that sticker brow was attaching to me, it didn't bring life to me. It brought pain to me. Like, oh, Lord, especially if you got on some shorts, it, 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 it stuck to you. It's attached to you. And see, there's some things in your life that may be attached to you. They're not there to bring life. It's not a connection that's, that's feeding life into you. It's an attachment that's sucking it out of you. Yes, yes. All right. And I think of attachments almost like a, like I remember my granddad used to have fish tanks and he would, he would I mean, pretty fish tanks. And, and one of his, he always said his secret was he used to have them little algae eaters. 
and they would stick to the side of the wall and you look at it and their mouth just wide open and, and pressed against the wall. It was attached to the wall to suck the algae off the window. Well, see, that's what the dead things in our life do sometimes. They're attached to the walls of our heart. They're attached to the walls of our mind. They're attached to the walls of our spirit and they just suck things out of you. They suck the life out of you. And God says, let the dead, let the dead bury the dead. See, the only reason that sticker brown would even be able to attach to me is because it was actually dead itself. Because a living sticker brown is not going to easily break off the tree that it was on. Yeah, that's right. See, see, dead things are easily attached to you. Be careful of people who want to easily attach to you. If they want to easily attach to you, they might already be walking dead. You just don't even realize it. And they just want to attach so they can suck. Your life, Father. Mm -hmm. God says, let the dead be buried by themselves. Let the dead bury the dead. Amen. Let the dead relationships bury themselves. Let the dead marriages bury themselves. Let the dead finances, let all let the dead thoughts bury themselves. Because God doesn't want us to be attached to, 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 to bad things. Remember, we, we had a whole series about fools. The word, you know, wisdom or whatever, and, and you know, it says what in Proverbs that the companions of fools suffer harm. And see, a lot of times that's what attachment is the dead thing. Much of fools we're around, and he, God says, No, I want you to I want you to detach from that thing. I'm coming with my sword, my two-edged sword, and I'm trying to cut this thing. I'm trying to I'm trying to release you from some things. I'm trying to let you go from some things. Turn to your Bible in first Peter quickly, first Peter chapter four. First Peter chapter four. <clears throat> First Peter chapter four. And let's look at verse um look at verse three. First Peter chapter four, verse three. First Peter chapter four, verse three, it says, For the time already passed is sufficient for you to have carried out the desire of the Gentiles, having pursued a course of sensuality, lust, drunkenness, carousing, drunken par drinking parties, and abominable idolatries. In all this, they were surprised that you did not run with them into the same excesses of dis dis uh, dissipation, and they maligned you. But they will give an account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead. What is he saying right there? And in other verses, uh, in, this, in the standard version, it says, with in verse 4, it says, with respect to this, they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery, and they malign you. They, he, he said, he's saying that what, what you left behind, the, those dead things, those dead people, those dead relationships, what you left behind, he's saying, he's saying they surprised that you're not connected with them no more. And because they surprised, they, they might talk about you. They, they, might, they might hate on you. They might, you know, try to put your name out there for bad. He says, he says, but don't worry about it. He says, why? He said, because they all going to give an account to the one who judges. Who judges both the living and the dead. And the dead. He said, don't worry about it. He said, don't worry about it. He said, you keep on walking with the living. He said, because everything going to get judged. Don't worry about what they say because you decided to walk away from that dead thing. You realize there wasn't no life in it. You realize that, that there wasn't no purpose in it. You realize there wasn't no vision in it. And you said, I'm not going to sit here no more walking around with dead things. This is a dead way. What does the word of God say? It say, throw off everything that hinders you so that you can run this race according
morning. So, so he said, no, right, it's time for me to get up. And that's what some of us got to get in our life and say, you know what, it's time for me to get up. It's time for me to move on. Yeah, I know your family, yeah, because sometimes it's your family. Yeah, I know your family and everything. I love you with the love of God, but right now I got to keep moving on because what you're trying to walk in is Lord bar, and I'm trying to go over to Canaan. I'm trying to reach my promise. I'm not trying to stay dead. I'm walking with life because I'm walking in life with life, and I got to get my life. Amen? Amen. Come on, come on. So we got to understand that mm -hmm. God says let the dead bury the dead. And see, I think a lot of reason why Christ told his disciple, let the dead bury the dead, because he was saying, don't go back. Don't go back. Going back sometimes is the worst mistakes that we can make. What do I mean? It, it, it costs you a lot to get out. It, you went through hell to get out. You went through misery to get out. You went through pain to get out. You were depressed coming out. You was discouraged coming out. But you're free now. All right. All right. You're free now. You're walking in freedom. It feels good. It looked good. Somebody need to stand in the mirror in the morning and say, oh, this is what freedom looked like. Mm. <laughs> smell yourself. This is what freedom smell like. Mm. Taste the inside of your mouth. Mm, it was freedom taste like. So that'll remind you never to go back to the thing that was trying to attach you. Don't go back to the things that was trying to hold you down. Don't go back to the things that was trying to be dead in your life. So Christ said, Don't go, don't go back. Don't don't go back. He said, Cause because if you go back, you subject to get stuck. Because see what happens a lot of times when you go back to those things, then it starts creating doubts. It starts sowing seeds of doubt in your mind and you start wondering the path that you was on. And, and what am I saying? See, we're, we're creatures of habits. Yes. And, and we like comfort. Mm -hmm. And how many know that even if though it's dead, let's, let's be honest, let's keep it 100. Even though those things are dead, we go back to them because we used to them. We, we comfortable with it. It's, it's easy. It's familiar. And we get tied up with them familiar spirits. And, and now we got soul ties with them familiar spirits. And But it's comfortable. Because we don't, most people, you know, we don't like change. We just have to be honest. I mean, everybody say you won't change and all. But at the end of the day, we want stuff that's easy to figure out. You know, we, we want to be like God. We want to be able to see the future. And a lot of times, it's easy to see the future with those dead things. Why? Because they ain't doing nothing. It was the same yesterday. It was the same tomorrow. It's going to be the same whatever. So it's easy. It's like, oh, I got this figured out. It ain't nothing going to change. He was like that yesterday. He probably going to be like that tomorrow. But I'm cool with that because at least I know this devil. See, we start justifying. You know, be, stay with the devil, you know. The devil lives a lie. I ain't trying to stay with none of them. Anything called a devil, I ain't trying to be dealing with. The devil can't get that out. We as even Christians, we need to get that out of our vocabulary. And, you know, choosing the lesser of two evils. I ain't trying to choose no evil. Come on, that's that's right. Right. There is no lesser of evils. Evil is evil. evil, is evil. evil. It's that simple. 
But see, we, we let little things slip in and, and you know, it, it justifies, it makes us feel good and it lulls us to sleep like a like a cheap anesthetic. And and then the next thing you know, the, the enemy got us where he, he wants us. You know, we done let our guard down. And like Peter warned us, he said that the enemy is seeking whom he can devour. Well, he can't devour you if you walking with life. He only devour the ones that's almost dying. You know them little, you know them little animal shows, the, the, the life he ain't looking for that fast gazelle. He ain't looking for that one that's leaping and jumping through the through the rainforest and all that. He's looking for that one that got that little limp, the one that look like he on his way out. He's looking for that one that's hanging out by himself. He ain't with nobody. He, he, he looking for that one with his head down in the water, ain't paying attention to his surroundings, ain't got no discernment of the things that are around him. And then he pounce. God says, don't, 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 don't go back. Don't, don't go back. I don't know who that's for, but somebody might be trying to tilt to go back. Don't, don't go back. You left it for a reason. And if you didn't leave it, it left you for a reason. Because sometimes God will, you, you know, you, we, we, we sometimes too stupid to, to, to move on. And, you know, and remember I said, I said, we all born ignorant, but it's hard and we, we work to stay stupid. Amen. And sometimes, and sometimes we, we, we so stupid. God said, you know what? You ain't going to leave. So I'm going to make them leave. You know, like, like I remember I had this job and you know I I, I was I was staying out there been there for years and probably don't really stayed out my welcome or whatever and, and God you know he done spoke to me plenty of times about leaving trying to get a, another opportunity and I guess it just came down to it you know they they you know threw some old messed up stuff and they did but long story short they ended up firing me and I was hurt and I was upset but you know I still went to unemployment office and got my check but I was you know I was like you know I was like. Man, what? And then God, had to, he said, he said, you know, you wasn't gonna leave, so I had to push you out. Yes. And, and that's what a lot of time we but we start crying, we we start mourning, and, and and we start we start saying, oh my God, why, 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 why? But see, the whole thing is like the word of God says that 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 what that, that weeping may endure for a night, but what joy comes in the morning, not morning, not not the M O U R N, but the M O R N, where He says that joy comes then. Well, if, well, if you mourning, but you trying to get to the morning, all you got to look at is you. Take you out of it. You'll get that when you get home. Uh -huh. <laughs> Amen. Because see, in Galatians 1 and 10, it says, for, for am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Yeah, yeah. Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to still, if, if I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. God says, why are you trying to go back? Because they calling you? Mm -hmm. Well, what about me? Why is it that you answer they call, but you won't answer mine? Why is it that you jump when they say jump, but I ask you to pray and you say, no, I'm tired? Why is it that, that what they say has influence over you, but, but what I say doesn't? God says, who are you trying to please? Are, are you like Saul? Or are, you, are you walking around trying to please man? And that's going to cause you to lose your anointing because you're trying to, again, go back to those dead things that I have broken away from you? See what you gotta realize, just cause you supporting something don't mean it's alive. 
And, and just because you sitting there trying to breathe life and you trying to pump into it and you know you praying for it to revive and you praying for oh Lord please please you been praying for that that dead relationship to revive for for the past five years and now you don't got all mad and upset with God because you don't want to you you don't sit down long enough in prayer to realize that He said I wanted to stay dead. Matter of fact, I'm the one that killed it. But but we get mad at God and we start realizing we thinking that God ain't answering prayers. So then we walk back to the familiar. And just like this man said, it's all about us. Because you look in the scripture, what he says first thing, he says, Lord, permit me first. Yeah, yeah, me first. He said, permit me first. That's right. Lord, see, that's funny. He said, "Lord," because he was trying to he was trying to make it seem like God was his Lord. You know how we do in church. You know, I like to thank the Lord who's the head of my life, and you know all that. You know all that stuff, that routine stuff that people say to sound holy. And he said, "Lord," so he sounded holy. But then he says, "Permit me first to go and bury my father. But see, all Christ heard was, me first. Me first. Me first. That's it, me first. See, that's all God here. Me first. He didn't care about all that other stuff that was coming after that because he know that all you really got on your mind is you first. And that's why he spoke to the man the way he did because he was like, it, it really ain't even about your dad. It, it really ain't even about what you say you're trying to go handle. It's really about you first. Therein lies the problem. But see, the dead things in our life, they have to be removed. See, the, see, the thing is with this man, there was, there was no danger in his father not being buried. If he, in fact, was dead, it ain't like he was just going to be in the house and rot. Somebody was going to bury Somebody was going to take care. Somebody, somebody going to deal with that old raggedy man you left behind. Just leave him alone. Let somebody else deal with the, with the problem. Some, somebody, somebody want that that raggedy job that you got. Just leave it for somebody. Guess what? Sometimes you gotta let go to receive. Thank you. Amen. You rather hold on to raggedy because it's something that you know versus to get something that's good because you don't see where it's coming from. That's right. That's right. That's right. But if you know, like I know, God is always blessing with the best. So all you gotta do is just hold on and you just wait and realize that no matter what, I don't need to hold on to this dead thing because dead things drain you. Remember, I remember like when AJ was young, I used to baby pick him up and you know walk in the house with him when he fall asleep in the car. But of course, as he got older and older, after a while, that, that, that became a, a, a struggle. Even just to pick him up, let alone walk with him. Why? Because when people sleep, it, we call it what? Dead weight. Dead weight. So how many of us trying to struggle and carry around somebody and things in our life that's dead and it's dead weight. It's sleep. It's never going to wake up. It's, 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 it's just dead weight. And it's hindering us from running the way we're supposed to. So we satisfied with crawling and walking when God meant for us to, to, to run. And the only reason he meant for us to run is so we can fly. Because, you know, you go down the runway to take off. Amen? You don't see planes walking down the runway. 
strolling. No, they dipping down the runway. And God said, how can you do that? Because even planes, as much thrust as they have, as much thermodynamics that they have, as much lift that they have, it's a certain weight that they can't go over. Because after that, it becomes dead weight. And it's going to hold them down. And they got to start putting stuff off. Like, no, that, that can't go on because I'm trying to take off. No, and it's the pilot's job to go through that plane and say, how much do we have on here? Because we ain't got enough to lift like we need to. So it's the pilot, as the co-pilot in your life, you got to walk around your plane and you got to talk to God, the pilot, and say, God, what we need to throw off this thing? Well, what I need to get off here, because I'm trying to take off in my life. Where the dead way at? Let me find out where the dead, because the dead stuff need to be removed. See, dead stuff in your life is like trash. You might have not created it, but guess what? It also ain't going to leave by itself. So sometimes you got to go through that thing and you got to pick it up. I know like when we walk in the house sometimes, me and Pastor Paul, we like, ooh, what's that smell? We smell, it's like, Lord, what's that? And, you know, I go to the refrigerator and I open it up and start, oh no, everything got to go where the trash can. And you cause you gotta do, and that's what you gotta do in your life. You gotta start sniffing around your life. Ooh, what's that smell? Oh no, this got to go. Ooh, no, you got to go. Get in the trash can. You gotta get out of here. Cause you dead. I can't have dead things. Cause what? The our aroma gotta be pleasing to the nostrils of God. Yeah. Right? And if you hang around dead stuff, guess what? God don't know who's thinking. That's right. See, dead things shouldn't have an influence over, over your life. And, and that's that's and think about that. Things that are dead in your life, the dead jobs, the dead relationships, dead thoughts and, and emotions influencing your life. Having a direct influence over your life. Yes, yes. Influencing your decisions, influencing who you talk to, influencing who you around. This thing is dead. That relationship ended five years ago with that man, but it's some kind of way still influencing how you deal with people now. Not realizing he wasn't even a man in the first place. You were dealing with a little boy who didn't understand your worth and your value. And then with a man who sees the vision and the promise in you, you can't even recognize that and connect to it because you're still dealing with the attachment of this dead so-and-so back then. Oh, God. Oh, God says, don't let the dead things influence you. God wants to bring new influences into your life. Amen. New influences into your life. Turn to Philippians quickly. Philippians chapter, chapter 3. I'm going to show you something. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. I just want you to turn like I need to drink something. Amen. <laughs> I could have read it without turning, but plus you need to see it for yourself. Philippians chapter 3. I hope this is helping somebody. Because I'm laboring through to give it to you. Amen. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Philippians 3, verse 13. I'm at the ESV English Standard Version. It says, Brothers, I do not consider that I made it on my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind. 
forgetting all that dead stuff, what lies behind. Even if it ain't dead, it's behind you, so it's gonna die, what? Because it's in the past. Past can't come back no more. Past is over. You can't change what you did even five minutes ago. You can't change what went through your mind two seconds ago, but what you can do is move what? Like like Peter saying, right? I mean, Apostle Paul saying, right? He's saying what? He says that I keep straining forward to what lies ahead. But see, we, we, we skip real fast though that strain. Oh, it, it's gonna take work. Cause guess what? That dead things are reaching out at you. They trying to grab you back in. Uh, you remember them horror movies from back in the day? Don't say you ain't used to watch them. I know you're holding now, but let's just pretend you used to watch some of them. And you know, and you know when they be, they had the hands come out the grave when they snatch and trying to pull you back in and all that. But that's what the dead things in your life. That's why it takes strain in the head. Cause you're gonna have to stretch out your comfort zone. You're gonna have to stretch out of what everybody else doing. You're gonna have to stretch past what your family and mama are doing. See, sometimes your family say, well, everybody in this family like this. Well, guess what? I guess I just I must be a real or I must have came in an egg from the stork or something because I don't want to do it like everybody in this family. It's like I'm drawing a line. Everybody might have did it like this in the family, but as far as this part of the family going forward, this is how it go down. Yes, yes. We, you know, y'all might have liked walking around with the dead folks and, and dealing with the dead stuff in your life, but I ain't got no time for that because I'm seeking life. I want to live life. I don't want to just exist in this world. I want to live in this world. See, existing is just like dying. All you're doing is just walking around and waiting for your death. It's like a man old girl walking that green mile. You, you, you see that the end of it is the electric chair. You see at the end is your death, so you're just walking and existing. But God said, no, I came to give life and life more abundantly. So that means that you're not to just exist when you become a kingdom child. That means that you are to live. Yes. But it's going to take some straining. In verse 14, he says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Yeah, that's it. But this is the part I really like. Because this is why people miss it. Verse 15, he says, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. He said, let, let us, the ones who are mature, think this way. That we got to forget this stuff in the past, this dead stuff. See, it takes some maturity to realize, you know what? Yeah, I, 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 I cried over that. I'm, I'm, I was hurt over that. I was, I was depressed over that. You know, but, but you know, God said, let it go. I understand that. So now I'm mature enough to let it go. I ain't going to keep trying to hold on. See, see, we're trying to get him. We're trying to get him life and salvation, but but he keep holding on to death. That's what Christ and Jesus, and I mean God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit saying, we're we trying to get him life. We're trying to get him salvation. We're trying to get him the kingdom, but they keep wanting to hold on to depression and misery and, and, and jealousy and envy and strife, all the dead things. They keep on wanting to hold on to it, unforgiveness and all that. He said, but I'm trying to give them life. Why won't they receive it? I'm trying to give them a holy CPR. I'm trying to breathe life into them, but I'm not going to shoot life into them so that it can only go out and flow into something that's dead. God says, yeah, I want life to flow out of you, but he says I want it to flow out into something that's trying to live. You're like when the woman with the issue of blood touched it. 
It says that virtue flew out of him and he said, who touched me? But it's because she wasn't seeking something that was dead. She was seeking to live. She already knew she was dead. She said, come, this ain't living, having all these issues all my life. This ain't living, dealing with all this stuff all my life. This ain't living, having doctors take all my money and still can't heal me. This ain't living, having people can't touch me because I got an issue of blood. This ain't living, so I need to touch the thing that is living so that life can flow out of him so they can come into me and bring me to life. God said, let it go. She was some things she had to let go. When she was crawling, I could see her crawling through the crowd, pressing through the crowd, because she was weak because of what she had been through all her life. See, some of us get tired and weak of what we've been through, but God said, don't keep, don't quit trying to reach me. Don't quit trying to touch me. He said, I don't care how weak you get. He said, because when you're weak, I am strong. See, it was something that was strong in her. It was the grace that was sufficient in her that allowed her to press through the crowd, because she was like, you know what? I remember that word that says that that, 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 that was that the son of righteousness will rise up with healing in his wings. So when she saw that prayer cloth flowing off of Christ, she said, that is, that's on my promise. I'm going to strain to that thing. I'm going to leave behind what's dead to me. I'm going to leave behind these issues. I'm going to leave behind this trouble. And I'm going to strain and reach out. I don't care who's trying to block me away. I didn't know the disciples were trying to block. Because sometimes church folks are trying to block you from your blessing. But you say, I got to step around them anyway. I got to get past them anyway because it ain't about you. It ain't about you. It's about me connecting to the life of God. God said, let go. Let go. Because see, the dead and the living can't occupy the same space. It's kind of like being a little kid, I used to try to play with the light switch to see if I could get it in the middle. <laughs> Y'all ain't know did it? Yeah! Because yeah. yeah. you, you know, I just want to see if it can be on and off at the same time. Yeah, I know. And, 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 but, but, that, but that's how we do a lot of times with these dead things in our life. We, we like the little boy playing with the light switch trying to see if we can walk in the middle. Yeah. Uh -huh. But what's the middle between hot and cold? Lukewarm. And what God say about lukewarm? Spew you out of your mouth. He said, I, I can't have this infecting my system. And then come that, that, that lukewarm stuff, it ends up bringing life out of you. Because after a while, it's going to melt with that hot stuff, and then the cold is going to go totally away. He said, so no, I got to spew that out of my mouth. Because dead and living can't occupy the same space. Can't occupy the same space. Why you think when Jesus woke up on that third day, he came up out the tomb? He said, cause dead and living can't occupy the same space. This is space for dead folks. I'm living. I'm the living one. I am the life, the way, and the truth. He said, so I can't occupy this space. It was a space for a time, but now it's time for me to move on. Yes. That's why I was a bar too. And see, that's why I was a bar. Ooh, help me preach this thing. Oh. <laughs> 
That's why I was a borrowed tool. He said, because I ain't planning on being here long. I ain't planning on staying in this dead situation long. I ain't planning on staying around these dead folks long. I ain't planning on long. I got to come here for a little while because it's something I need to do. It's something I need to learn. It's something I need to get. But after a while, I'm getting up. I, I, yeah, I'm around you right now, cousin Jim and Jimbo and Junebug and all that. But I ain't trying to be around dead folks long. I ain't talking about you nothing. I ain't judging you or nothing. It's, but it's just me and you ain't gonna be able to occupy the same space. Me and you ain't gonna be able to walk the same kind of way. You like to walk like this and all that, but I like to walk straight up and righteous. So I mean, it's okay to do you. I ain't got no problem with that. Cause God gonna judge the living and the dead. It ain't for me to judge. He but we'll see before me in my life, then we gonna walk this way. Because after a while, you got to realize when you're tired of dead things, you got to stop occupying the space of dead things. That's, right. That's why we cry, when, uh, when, when Mary came to the, to the tomb, the, the, the gardener, which we know was Christ, he was standing there, he said, he said, he said, I love when he said, he's like, and I, I always like Jesus, I can see Jesus just being like, you know, one of them kind of like, he shoots you with that little stuff, with that little smirk, and he'd be like, why, why, why are you searching for the living amongst the dead? That's it. That's right. <laughs> he like, they can't occupy the same space. Why are you searching for the living amongst the dead? They what dead stuff here. Ain't nothing living here. And that's what I'm saying. Why are you searching for the living amongst the dead? That dead relationship, them dead friends, and you trying to find life in that thing. Now, it ain't for you to find life. I ain't don't get me wrong. Some somebody else might be able to find life in them because if God truly want to bring things back to life, he will. But it ain't for you. See, sometimes we take on jobs that ain't ours. You're not grace to bring that dead thing back to life. That's not your purpose. You grace to bring this back to life. But you over here trying to resuscitate this thing and this thing over here waiting on you. What's over here dying and waiting on you, but you over here trying to resuscitate something that you wasn't even purpose to do? God says dead and living can't occupy the same space. Dead things can't follow Christ. He said, well, we're alive in Christ. That's why he told him, he said, he told, he told the guy, he said, what? Follow me. Remember, he told the, the, the disciples said, what? Lord, permit me first. Well, Christ came back and said, no, follow me. And, and, and a lot of times in, in, in Greek or Hebrew, that word follows translated into imitate. But this one particular time when the writer was writing this, it translates into the basically the, all the way down to the root of the, the Greek of being the word alpha. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Follow with alpha, meaning the first, first. word in the Greek first. vocabulary, Greek first. language. So he was saying, no, me first. Mm -hmm. That's what Christ was saying. He said, I know you want to be first. He said, but no, you got to put me first. You got to follow me. See, we, we don't come to Christ because we desire to. We come to Christ because the power of his call. When he, when he finally says, you know what? It's time for you to put me first. It's time for you to get fully committed to what I'm doing. It's time for you not to lead to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge me. First. Seek me first and my righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Added to you. He says, Seek, seek first, seek first. But how many know God ain't trying to add nothing to dead? 
He ain't trying to add nothing to something dead. He wants to add to living situations, to breathing situations. See, some of us stay so long out of tradition because, oh, this is where I always went. This is where I always did, you know, but not realizing that God trying to breathe new life into some things, trying to trying to say, you know what, go over here and get, get your life. But, but we stay stuck because we out of tradition. We stay stuck because it ain't quite what we used to. Well, guess what? Just because you ain't used to it don't mean it ain't alive. See, a lot of times we, we reject things because we're not familiar with it. But guess what? A lot of times those are the things that are living and you holding on to old dead traditions. In, in Romans, I'm looking at Romans 6 and uh, verse 8. Romans 6 and 8, it says, Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead this is the best part. Will never die again. Never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. So guess what? If, if, if Christ was rose from the dead and the word of God says that Christ is in us, so that means that we rose from the dead and then he says that Christ will never die again, that means that we'll never die again. Now don't get me wrong, I know this flesh temple that we live in is going to one day turn to ashes and dust, but guess what he's saying? That spirit of God is in you will never die again. That thing will never, death no longer has dominion over you. So why are you sitting there giving up your freedom to something that's dead? You giving up your authority to something that's dead. He said death don't have no dominion over you. Those death thoughts that you have, those death emotions, that dead relationship, that dead job, them dead finances, them dead folks around you, they don't have dominion over you unless you relinquish it to them. That's but the true purpose of it is they don't have dominion. He says in verse 10, for the death he died to sin once for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you also must consider yourself dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. We are called to a living work. So we have to stop resting in the dead ones. We are called to a living work. So stop resting in the dead ones. That's why the word of God says, know those who amongst you who labor amongst you. Know the people around you who are laboring with you. Because some folks laboring with you, they, they look like they working, they look like they, but it ain't producing nothing. They, they actually dead. And it's just like the fig tree when Jesus came back from Bethany. He said, he said yeah, it looked like a fig tree. And it, it's got leaves on it, but when you start pulling the layers, you'll see it ain't producing nothing, so you just might well curse this thing so it don't take. And the reason why some people say, why you curse the tree? See, because the thing is, if something is dead already, then it'll suck life out of everything that's around it. That's why when you got dead trees and stuff in your yard or dead plants, you gotta get rid of that dead thing, because even though it's dead, it'll still try to suck life out of everything else around it, and then it'll kill everything around it. God says, uproot yourself out of the dead things. Amen? Amen? Let the dead bury the dead. See, because at the end of the day, and I'm finishing right here at the end of the day, you getting through it. Remember I said that some people can't get through when things die in their life. But see, you getting through it is not for you. You getting through it is really always about somebody else. Why? So that you can tell them, I got through. 
I, I, I made it through. I, I, I was able to get through. So then you can tell them that you know what? That no matter what it looked like, no matter what it feel like, no matter what, I almost lost my mind going through this thing. I, I, I was discouraged going through this thing. I, I was depressed going through this thing. I, I, I was, I almost went crazy going through this thing. I, I felt like I didn't want to get up going through this thing. I, I almost felt like I was dead myself going through this thing. But I'm here to tell you today that it's another side to it. It's the other side of victory. It's a side that where you come out better then you went in. I'm living testimony. I'm living proof. It says that the will overcome by what? The power of the blood and the word of the testimony. See, don't hide your scars. You got to open them up for the doubters and say, oh, I don't look like I've been through the fire. But come on here and smell a little bit. You'll smell smoke, but you won't see no scars. See, the thing is, I went through, but I came out. They know I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. I didn't feel no evil. I was a little scared. I was shaking a little bit. I was frustrated a little bit. I was upset a little bit. I was down sometimes, but I got through. So if I can do it, you can do it. Now, I mean, God's not a respect of persons. He said that if he can do it for one, he can do it for another. God is not a man that he shall lie. He said that I'm the same today, tomorrow, and forevermore. If he did it then, he can do it again. So you getting through ain't for you. You getting through ain't for you. You getting over this thing is not for you. You gonna teach somebody else how to lead old dead thing. You gonna teach somebody else to say, baby, let the dead bury the dead. Baby, let that thing go. It ain't worth it no more. It ain't even final. It's trying to suck the life out of you. Here I am. I'm gonna blow some the Holy Spirit breath of life into you. I'm going to pass some pneuma into you. The spirit of life. I'm going to give you the Holy CPR into your life so that I can bring you Christ. So that I can bring you the pneuma breath so that it can restore your life. I'm going to give you CPR because I need you to know that this ain't where it stops. This ain't where it ends. This is not where it's over. I know what you're around is dead, but I'm coming up to show you what life will like. I'm coming up to show you what life feel like. I'm coming up to show you what life is.